welcome to AEC Presents. I'm Alex. I'm Jared. And it's another week. And it's just the two of us it's this week. It's just two week. of us. Well, three of us. Inkbot's here. Oh, Inkbot's here. She may be in the background. She's giving me the standard murder, like, hey, we're going to play, right? And I'm like, no, you play mean, and I bleed when you play. But, yeah, so you guys might hear her in the background a little bit. I don't think she's purring right right now, but she was just before we started this. And she just took a swipe at you. Yep, that's fair. <laughs> I, I did I did touch her, so that's my, my bad. Yep, my bad, cat for touching you. So, uh, speaking of animals, hi, again. Uh, last week we talked about Operation Dragon, which was dinosaurs and stuff. And we decided, hey, this week let's talk about some other animals. Yep. Um, and I'm going to do a quick improv on the, the namesake for our cat, the series Inkplot. Uh, it follows a magical cat that teleports and goes through different realms and stuff like that. And the first issue came out like two weeks before she showed the cat showed up at our house. So like, all right, cool. Inkplot it is. So... And Inkblot's a perfect name for that cat. It's a white cat with black spots all over her. Yep. And, and she is very loud, too. Like, she's very mouthy. I know you talked earlier, like, oh, the personality on her. Yeah. Like, she, ha- she has full-on personality, too. Yep, she does. So she's like, you're talking about me. I'm going to run away. I don't know where she went. She went that way. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, Inkblot is the first one on my list because, hey, that's our cat based named after a comic book directly. Um, next on my, I'm going to go second real quick is Peter Barker uh, is my dog. Also <laughs> that is named after Peter Parker. Uh, when I told Laura that we, I wanted to get a dog, she's like, all right, fine. I'm like, all right, if we get a boy, we got to name it Peter Barker. She's like, yeah, you don't twist my arm. Like, duh, is basically her response. So we got, makes sense. Right. Yeah. I mean, and if we had a, if we would have got a girl dog. I don't know what we would have called her. Maybe May Barker, but yeah, probably. Probably, <laughs> I could well, see that. More than likely, that's what the name would have been, or it could be if we do get another dog. Even who knows? And I'll jump in. Our dog is named Shandy, which is a Kiss song, and they have Kiss comic books. Ah, so you're just so there. We go. I can link that one too. I guess. <laughs> but it's not Bitewing. No, it's not Bitewing. That's the next dog, though. No, the next dog will be Bitewing. Yep. I forget what is Bitewing's other name. Uh, Haley. Haley. That's right. Yep. To the after Haley Circus. Which I'll jump in because that was actually on my list. So Nightwing's dog, Haley, codenamed Bitewing. Um, I didn't realize this when that comic first came out, but uh, Tom Taylor did a uh, poll on Twitter to name the dog. And it came up, uh, fans voted for Haley. That's a good and one. He said on the, his Twitter feed, the code name will still be Bitewing. No matter what. that's the. <laughs> but uh, I thought that was pretty cool that he did that. Yeah. So, I mean, Tom Taylor, uh, what can be said? Yeah. Uh, many a thing. Yep, he created Bitewing. Uh, bite so that was awesome. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, Haley was a little pit bull puppy who was uh, being chased and abused by some teenagers or young adults or something. And Nightwing came some in and hooligans. rescued. Yeah. Nightwing came in and rescued the puppy and... Barbara and everyone's like, yeah, you have a dog now <laughs> because he was going to get rid of it. You know, that's, he's a crime fighter. He doesn't have time to have a dog. And they're like, no, you have a dog now. <laughs> that's just the way it is. So bite wing. There we go. Uh, next on mine, uh, again, I didn't write down on my list, but I just, it just popped in my head. So I have to mention before I forget, Lucky, the dog. Oh, Lucky. Yeah. Uh, AKA pizza dog from the Hawkeye series, both the comic books and the TV show. Um, that was another one that was getting beat up by thugs. Uh, this one was the Russian, the tracksuit mafia that was beating him up. And they were abusing him and 
mistreating and he ended up getting shot, lost an eye, but is still a good dog and helps. It is definitely like Clint's emotional support animal. Like, hey, you need to grow up. Very much so. At least in the comic books, that's how yep. it was. Um, in the show, less so. It was more of Kate's dog in the show. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lucky is a good dog. And I, I just love the fact that he, the, the villains were the tracksuit mafia. Like, that's just so dumb. It's a dumb name, bro. So, yeah. But it still worked. It still worked, bro. <laughs> that's right, uh, bro. Because I have to. Uh, the next one on my actual list, though, is Ace the Bat Hound, um, which I, I did some light research. I didn't have any. I don't have any notes on my computer here, like I should. I thought about doing it, but I was like, eh, I can wing it. Um, but didn't the Bat Family have a different dog name for a little while? I was, I was want to say like. The most recent Ace, when Damien first adopted him, it was a different name. It's like Ace the Bat Hound slash, like, Brutus or something like that. I, I don't know. That sounds familiar. Uh, I'll see if I can do a quick Google search while I'm... Be- yeah, I know um, Ace was kind of a common theme in the Bat Hound family. Um, I always liked Ace from uh, Batman Beyond. You know, he's always that loyal dog with Bruce and just kind of is there and I loved it when uh uh bat uh Terry McGinnis would take him out you know bat ace had to get some justice too so he brought ace with him to a couple fights so I always liked that uh aspect of ace and the bat hound the best yeah, but I, Damien's version or Damien's dog is very beloved too right and still a German shepherd either way yeah um some people may know him from the super fret or super pets. Yep, uh, like, super pets. So instead of the super friends, we got super yep. pets. And they're coming out with a movie too where The Rock is doing crypto and I think Bat Hound or Ace is in it. I think I don't know yeah. if they're gonna call him Bat Hound in that or something. Um I don't know the name of that movie though. I only saw like one trailer and I'm like, Oh, that looks fun. Uh, quick Google search. Uh DC League of Super Pets. There we go. Uh so we got Keanu as Batman, Batman himself, and uh, the Ro- Dwayne jo- Dwayne the Rock Johnson as Crypto. I believe I see Kevin Hart is listed on here. I wonder if he is going to be Ace. Um, but I see Kevin Conroy is listed on here as well. Oh wow! But if Keanu's Batman, who's Conroy going to be? Maybe he's Bathound. Maybe that'd be a good little tidbit for it. All right, DC League of Super Pets scheduled to come out in 2022. Come on, computer, go a little bit faster. I think it's this summer sometime. All right, I'm trying to see who's listed as what. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, all right, so we got Dwayne Johnson as Crypto, Kevin Hart as Ace the Bat Hound, um, John Krasinski as Superman. Um. We got Mark Marin as Lex Luthor, which that works. I'm cool with that. Um, oh, Ben Schwartz is in it, who is the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog in oh. the live action Sonic. Okay. Um, it's not saying who Kevin Conroy is, hmm. but I guess that's the top cast. And a lot of the other names on here, there are more on here. I didn't name who they're going to be as because they're not listed as who they're going to be yet. Um, but yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of. That'll be fun. Yeah. And a whole bunch of whole bunch of animals will be in that list. Yeah. Or in that show. So after Ace, who's who's next on your list? Um, I'm gonna kinda keep it in the bat family there. Bat cow. Um, it was 
a cow that was it came out and like did Batman Inc. number one. There was a Batman and Robin rescued the cow from a slaughterhouse after she was infected by a group of criminals. That's all I really know about it. I have the issues. I don't remember Bat Cow hardly in it at all, but I guess they saved it and kept the cow. <laughs> I, was, I, mem- I remember, yeah, the <laughs> Batman Incorporated. That was right before they did the whole New 52 launch. Yes. I believe is when they introduced yeah. Bat Cow. And I think I've seen it in the last year or two within regular Batman stuff, either Batman or Detective. I thought Very I did briefly. too, but I don't like almost like a bat cave shot and it's there or something like that. Or it maybe was, not a bat cave shot. But it was yeah. I've seen a cow here and there in a Batman comic. And I don't know if he's a vampire cow. Or I couldn't what. tell you. I know it has like a red symbol. Yeah. And like I want to say red hair even too. I'm not it could be, but I I don't remember weird much one. about it. Yeah. It's a weird one. I just thought that was great, bat cow. So uh, uh what's another one on yours? Uh another one on mine is Devil Dinosaur. Um, known for Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, where Moon Girl is like the third most intelligent person on Earth in, within the Marvel comics, and she has this Devil Dinosaur, this dinosaur that is her sidekick slash friend. I think they have a slight psychic link, but not a whole lot. Um, he's he's basically a red T Rex, um, and yeah, it, it's a giant T Rex that runs around. And why? Who wouldn't want a T Rex that as a safe pet like if you can have it safely as a pet that'd be amazing so devil dinosaur uh big red roar uh and i want to i'll do two for you because i know i have more on my list than yours uh lace old lace from the runaways it's the Velociraptor that they have around, oh, that runs around. Okay. Has a pierced nose, has like a yes. boring nose. I didn't know the name when you first said it, but I'm like, once you said it, it's a raptor, I'm like, I knew who exactly yep. which one it was. Old Lace from Runaways. If you watched the show, The Runaways, she was in there, which really surprised me. Like, oh, they actually have the budget for a CGI Velociraptor? Okay, cool. Um, and yeah, I know she has like some psychic leak with one of the other Runaway characters, I'll be honest, folks, I've only read a little bit of Runaways. There's been a lot, and continuity, it's hard to keep track of. Who's alive, who's dead, who came back from being dead because they pulled them out of the time stream or whatnot, or it's messy. Um, but yeah, uh, if you can't have a, a T-Rex as a pet, a Velociraptor might be better because it's not as gigantic and it's easier to travel around with. Works for Chris Pratt. Yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> um I went with Dex Star. It's a Red Lantern cat. <laughs> because it, or, Why not? so so what what powers the Red Lantern or what is the focus on Red Lanterns? Anger. What cats get angry? They this one does. No and, way. and they uh, spit out what is it like? Um, almost like lava or uh, acid. Like they they spit something that just like burns people. Right. Yeah. You know. Or maybe it's napalm. I don't know. I, it's burning burning. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, it was uh, – the cat was a normal house cat whose owners were robbed and murdered. And then a group of thugs went to uh, throw it off a bridge. Well, about that time, a red lantern ring found its way onto its little paw, and he vowed to find and kill her murderers, the owner. So – in the. Weird, cool thing with that is it, it's just a normal house cat, too. Yeah. It's, it's not like, oh, it's an alien that just happens to look like cats. No, no. It's a cat. It is a right. full-on, it's a cat from Earth. That, right. Um, I don't know how to pronounce the Red Lantern Corps leader's name. Um, it's like atrocities. 
atrocitis. I it's yeah, I, spelled a little bit weird. I for, I always read it as like atrocities. I think that's, that's what, what it looks like. Is, but. but it's like ends in U.S. So it's like atrocitous. Maybe. Yeah, trust. Yeah. So, but uh, the uh, deck star is often seen with with, with that. that leader. So, yeah, that's uh, one of the best pets out there. there Angry cat. Uh, next one on mine, I'll, I'll do another two pack because they just fit really well. Uh, Thor, Frog of Thunder, where we get a little tiny Thor frog, where it's not actually Thor-ish. I, I, it's a frog with a helmet. Right. Uh, the helmet and the tiny Mjolnir. Yeah. the t- um, Oh, I forgot the tiny Mjolnir. And I believe it is considered not like a alternate reality version of Thor. It's just... it. Kind of like Beta Ray Bill is a Thor, but not really. How they both, they're brothers, they're but not species. really. Right. And they have, it's similar enchanted magic stuff, but not the same. Like, oh, in a world where everything's animals instead of humanoid, there's this. No, no that's not the case. It, it is within the main Marvel 616, but it's just its own separate thing, uh, which we do get a glimpse of them in the Loki show. Um, at one point when they're like scrolling down oh, from yeah. the surface down to the bunker, you see a Thor frog in a little jar buried, just trying to bounce off the wall, trying to break free. So Thor frog of thunder. Uh, and I'm going to double back with that with the Loki alligator that we saw in the Loki series. Also, uh, the best Loki on the show. <laughs> second best. I think the best was the old school comic book costume oh, style. The yeah, old guy. You're right. That one was that one's pretty cool. That and the one with the vote Loki bad that, that one, got his hand bit off. That one was that fun. one was funny, but the alligator really made do that a whole funny. Lot. Yeah. yeah. But the Loki alligator, which uh, we are going to see in comic books in the next couple months, they announced there is going to be a Loki alligator series. So go for it. Why not? I Let's mean, do it. It's a fan favorite, and yes, it's. Kind of pandering to the fans, but also good on you. You're yeah. giving people what they want. Like, yeah, hey. and it'll be fun. At least it better be fun. I want, yeah, I want so to it be suck. some sort of comedy sort of thing. Like, yeah, because it shouldn't be taken serious, right? If you're gonna take that seriously, it's not for me. Then you're not reading the right uh, environment, <laughs> right? You're not reading. You're not reading the room. Right. I mean, most people like it because of how ridiculous and funny it is. Exactly. So yeah, I hope that's the case. I don't. I don't know. I haven't looked into it other than they said, "Hey, it's coming." So like, all right, this is gonna be ridiculous, but I'm probably gonna read it and probably gonna buy it because it's it's gonna be ridiculous. Yep. And who knows? We may talk about the trade at some point on the show here. Yeah. Because eventually it'll come out. I mean, that's a ways down the road. We'll have to remember it, but who knows? Oh, once it comes out, I think we'll remember it. We got a couple on our list that's still fresh, or we're waiting to finish for the series to finish to do the trade. Right. So. So yeah, eventually that'll be probably one down the road. Yeah. So yeah, Thor, Frog of Thunder, and then the Loki Alligator, which they don't have any fun nicknames for that yet. Not yet. So um, next on my list was Crypto. Um, is Superman's dog? It's got Superman's powers. It's a dog that can shoot lasers out of its eyes. Um, it is Superman the dog. Yeah, or he is Superman the dog. But uh, if you want to read one of the best animal comics out there was Superman number 680. It was uh, all from the viewpoint of Crypto. I believe it was Superman 680. If I'm wrong, someone correct me on that. But it was during the coming of Atlas story where Superman and Atlas were going toe-to-toe. And Super or Crypto, you know, he's sitting there saying, Crypto's good boy, Master Hurt, you know. And so he goes and attacks him and pretty much stands toe-to-toe with Atlas. Until Superman can regain strength. I haven't read that. It came out 
It's been a minute. 12 years ago, something it's, like it's that. It's been a minute. So it's been a while since I've even read it. But uh, yeah, that was such a great issue with just focusing on crypto. And All right. The cover was awesome. Uh, my next two pack, I'm going to go with Space Bound ish. Uh, first one um, was came to popularity in 2017 with the hit TV series. The Inhumans. If you're saying, what? I didn't, I didn't watch that show. How's it a hit? It's not a hit. I'm being sarcastic. Um, it lasted one season. I believe it was canceled after like episode two aired um, before the whole season was done. They got canceled. Get like four episodes out or something or it, six. It was it not. It was short. It was, it was shorter than Firefly. It, okay. And so I have mixed feelings about the show. Like it is not, it, or it was not a bad show. However, it was not a good show. Um, most, which sucks because most series in general, TV series, the first season's always rough. They're always figuring out, okay, oh, right, right. Okay, where does, how are the characters, how are the characters interacting with each other? The actors are figuring out what the characters are. The writers are figuring out how the actors are the characters. And They're getting their sea legs out of Yeah, them. and the production companies are usually figuring out, okay, is this a popular show? How much of a budget do we want to give season two? Right. If it's popular enough, then season two is usually awesome because the companies start throwing more money at it and the creators and actors and stuff can do more with it. Looking at you, Resident Alien. That's right. Um, but season one with Inhumans, I think... It missed the mark because no one really cares about Inhumans. They're not right. the mutants. Everyone wants mutants. That's just the way it is. Right. So we say, all right, well, here's the next big thing. Because back then, Marvel, Marvel did not have the rights to the X-Men and mutants. So like, the, okay, well, we're going to bury that in comic books as, all as well. And we're going to do this huge push for Inhumans and humans and humans. And no one really cares. It's not the same. Because think about it, at the same time, that's when we got the creation of the new Ms. Marvel, Kamala mm-hmm. Khan. It was, okay, she's an inhuman. Normally, I'm going to use quotations, normally, a new character like that, okay, mutant, because it's a catch-all. Yeah. People know who they are. You just randomly get their powers. Cool. This one, uh, nope, because we don't want to make new mutants because we don't want to make Fox make more money off of that. Mm-hmm. We're making an inhuman instead. Ultimately, does it matter her origin of mutant versus inhuman? No. But it kept them from not having to lose the rights to Fox or whatever. Mm-hmm. And as we see upcoming, or they just released a trailer this week, there's a new Ms. Marvel TV series. So obviously they were looking in the future like, okay, what is a property? How can we use it in the future? Well, let's keep it as something we control in humans right now and not move it into mutants, which was potentially Fox and all that bad stuff. Um, but anyway, so there's that was a problem with humans. It didn't start out very well. Also, their biggest player characters, they immediately like took off the board and nerfed them immediately. All right, we got Black Bolt. What's his power? Whenever he speaks, it destroys everything sound waves. Okay, so that's just naturally muted himself because we don't have him destroying everything. We got Medusa, Queen of the Inhumans. What's her thing? Well, her hair, she can control it like you would, like an elf one does with its trunk. It's fully, you know, posable, movable, whatever. All right, so that CGI is expensive. We'll, we'll cut her hair immediately. Like, buzz cut, take her powers away completely. Okay, well, what are some other characters? Well, we have the guy that can see, you know, all flaws and stuff, and the great martial artist, he can see all weaknesses. Okay, let's give him a concussion so he doesn't have his powers also. So you're taking the three main players 
off the board immediately because for the sake of drama, which I understand, but also got a struggle. But also, like we're cheap. Yeah, like, <laughs> it, it looked extra cheap. I was like, guys, you immediately, hey, you want us to respect and fear these guys, but you immediately take their power away. What? Well, why am I respecting and fearful of that? Because mm-hmm. it's not like Medusa has like super like Superman hair where it's hard to cut. No, no. It's just regular hair. You can that just, she can control one. Right. Regular pair of scissors. Snip, snip, snip. Power's gone. Okay. Well, that, that kind of sucks. Oh, this guy that has this cool ability that can see the future and how to manipulate everything, which was really cool. They did it. Okay. Well, we can't afford to do that repeatedly. So concussion. He doesn't have the power anymore. Okay. Yeah. I thought uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the beginning did well with the Inhumans. Yeah. Well, it was very they very once they loose, started going very, into barely used yeah alternate yeah. realities and all this and that and in the future it went way too far. But out the human aspect of it itself was fine. Yes, that. but I liked how Quake became or you know Daisy became, Daisy became Quake and you know a lot of those character progressions from there and how some of the other characters got caught in the crossfire on some of that. Yeah, they did great storytelling with some of that. Up until about season, what, four or something like that, it really started going off the rails. Yeah, and when it went off the rails, it went off the yeah. rails. But Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the first three or four seasons were awesome. Yeah. I mean, the first season was bad. It was first season was bad. Season but... two, once they did uh, Captain America, uh, Winter Soldier, and the fall of S.H.I.E.L.D., yes. that's when it took off. Yes. It was like They took um, the reins off, like, hey, we can't, we're not forcing you to do anything now. Go yeah. have fun. And that was that's when it got really good. Right. And season one, it was good. But it was that you could tell that everybody on the show was trying to figure stuff out. Well, and I think the writers and creators they didn't know how to have a series within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but without actually affecting it. Right. The rule at the time, and near as I can tell, still is: the movies affect the shows. The shows do not affect the movies. So far, no. So they want to do like, all right, well, everything's downstream. The TV series is downstream, so you have to follow within these rules. But. We know that uh, Doctor Strange knows about Wanda's uh, town. Um, right. So, so I don't know how much that's going to affect if he just knows about it or if there's going to be an effect from it, you know. It is – so we're getting really off track, but it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, um, Feige, I believe Feige, has said that he wants it so that way if you watch the movies and only the movies, you'll be fine. You don't have to watch the show. Which, that's a great way to However, the shows may, you know, do like bonus supplement, like you get the real feeling of it. So like, oh, well, so if that's the case, I imagine um, Doctor Strange will mention one like, oh, yeah, I know what you did there. Shame yeah. on you. They Moving come on. in like, on the trailer. Reference so. it. Move along. Done. And you're done. And they're like, I'd oh, be so okay like, with that. Oh, what are they talking about? Well, here, you watch the show. Like, that's your own fault for not knowing this. Yeah. Um, and I'm okay if they do that. Versus I'm afraid of them doing the Star Wars route of like, oh, no, you have to read all the books, all the comics, all the TV shows <laughs> to get any importance of this. And the movie yeah. itself will be super broad that you won't explain any of it. And you have to watch all that. You have to consume all the other media to do that. Yeah. I hope they don't do that. It seems like they're not doing that right now, which is which I am thankful for. But the that's the biggest problem. The most recent trilogy is they're all a shell of a story that if you want the impact, you have to read and you know consume all this other media. They tried it that way. All this other media is doing the work for the importance of the movie. Yeah, and now they're trying to do 
Is it a book series or a comic where they're doing Han and Leia's wedding, but it's supposed to be the same ship that's at the theme park, so you could stay on the same ship or right. something. I don't yeah. know. But it's a fine line yeah. they're towing on that yep. one. But, so, but so going back in uh, humans, to the Inhumans, what's Lockjaw. the pet? Lockjaw. Lockjaw is the, the animal. <laughs> not necessarily the pet, the animal. The animal. Because I say the animal, not the pet, because uh, in com- they don't really talk about it in the show, but they didn't. They do in the comics. Lockjaw isn't just a giant bulldog with a fork on his forehead that can teleport. Supposedly, he's an actual inhuman. Like, he was a human being analog that turned into, uh, he went to his metamorphosis, turned into a dog. So people are like, oh, a good dog. Like, Dude, what if he's actually like full on sentient, like human? Like, do you know how uh, demoralizing that is? Like, oh, good boy. Like, don't talk. About, I, I'm still like, yes, I look like dog, but I'm still me. They don't really address that. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Like, like they treat him. Oh, he's part of the team, but they don't respect him because he's a dog. <laughs> it's, it Which, seems that's kind of a fun dynamic. It reminds me a lot of Nidler from Futurama, They're... where it's like. <laughs> You came me, I'm a sentient being, but I just act cute because, the, oh, yes, I do like belly scratches. Those do feel good. But, like, <laughs> oh, of course, my cuteness betraying me sort of thing. But, yeah, Lockjaw, teleporting bulldog. He's on my list um, because the Inhuman show was popular um, 2017-ish. I know 17 because that's when Laura and I got married. Our honeymoon was in San Diego Comic-Con, and they had this giant stuffed Lockjaw that was, like, one-to-one full scale. It's a, it's a giant dog. Now, we bought the smaller version that was of a for sale copy, and that is significantly smaller. It's like the size of a large, oh, almost Peter Parker size. So, okay. beagle, for those of you that don't know, average beagle-ish size. So, uh, Lockjaw is on my, because, I mean, a teleporting dog, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And he has teamed up with uh, Ms. Marvel before as well in the comics. Uh, the other one I want to mention space-wise is Cosmo, the space dog, the mm. Russian space yep. dog. Um, if you play the Guardians of the Galaxy game, he's in that. Um, and, you know, he is a telepathic cosmonaut dog. I don't know if he got his powers, but he got launched to space or before. I don't know. It's weird. But he's Russian for some reason. And, or Soviet Union. Not even Russian, just from the Soviet Union dog. And one of his things that I love it when he says, Cosmo is good boy. Cosmo is good boy. Good dog. Good dog, Cosmo. So, yeah. Uh after that tangent, Cosmo and Lockjaw. All right. Uh, last one on my list was Ampersand from Why the Last Man. Uh, Yorick's uh, monkey, he was training this monkey to be a helper monkey for disabled people and not doing a very good job. I don't know if Yorick was just bad at it or if Ampersand just wasn't cut out for it. I would say he was not cut out for it because you find out he wasn't supposed to be a helper monkey. No. So, so he was never... He was never Not really. in that bracket of to be a helper monkey. Right. But uh, that's how York got the monkey. He volunteered to be the trainer and everything. But uh, it turns out that's how York survived is because Ampersand. It's because Ampersand was pooping in his gas mask. He was. And there was and like he a bit genetic. Him too, didn't he? I, I want to say he bit him as well. Because no. Ampersand was a testing monkey. I think. Well, that could be. I want to say that because that's, that's possible. That's why he wasn't originally supposed to be a helper monkey. It was someone got lost in shipment where he was supposed to, he was a lab Could monkey be. because the guy that created the virus, spoiler alerts, uh, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alerts. The guy that created the virus wanted his monkey, but he got a helper monkey instead of the lab test monkey. Oh, 
I think you're right. So, I'm going to have to reread so that to find it. got the lab test monkey instead of the helper monkey. That That's why he be. was a terrible helper monkey yeah. that never followed any of the commands. Yeah, That's because, what he wasn't trained for. Right, because Ampersand had a genetic muta- mutation, and that's what caused them to survive the plague that wiped out all male right. species. Which, I don't know if it's mutation or the... Or the, 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 the experimentation. Test, the experimentation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's how... you have to reread that. I'm pretty sure he got bit actually, like, early on, that's why. Yeah. Sorry. Not no, to that's, your no that's fine. <laughs> that, I forgot about all of that. I'm going to have to reread that because I don't remember some of that. Yeah, I just know that and he was... And The Last Man's like my favorite series and I don't remember part <laughs> of it, so... I, I know he was never a good helper monkey because no. they find out... Oh, he wasn't supposed to be a helper monkey. Yeah. He was a lab test monkey. And the show did a very good job with the CGI and everything like that with all, the monkey. All two seasons. Wait. All, yeah. All, all one season. Did, even, did it even finish it the did. first season? It did. Yeah. Okay. I have I Now, ask me if, I've, if I have finished the season yet. I was so hopeful for this series, and I was biased at the beginning, liked it, but... It was too political. It's too political. And it, it, it wasn't was, that good. It was too political, and the politics weren't that good. The yeah. politics were too real for me. Like I, I have this enough. The real world. I don't need right. more. I, I watched it out of dedication to the book, and if it weren't for that, I would have bailed on it very quickly. Yeah, but it wasn't that great all through and through. There, I think they had a great cast. You, no complaints on the cast at all. The way. Uh, and this might be controversial. I know I got yelled at last week by some of our viewers, like, how dare you have this opinion on the Batman? Um, with this one, it is very similar how the way you felt about The Walking Dead, the TV series. It was way too slow. Nothing really happened. It should have happened a lot faster than right. it should have. Right. And I can't say, like, The Walking Dead to me is best on youtube when it's super here's cut. some clips super cut like all right, yeah this, that, that, but that. quite honestly the comic book wraps up in the first three pages it took 45 minutes in the show to do right it was so slow i was so bored with it and that could have been my expectation of oh it's going to get into stuff soon right it doesn't and the whole show is that slow and i would and that's why i say why the last man had the same problem i think so it too. was way too slow to do anything i mean and they added some stuff that like when wow. they went into the subway and it, it was flooded and stuff like that. I don't know if you got to that. I did, yeah. Well, Why they, was that thrown in there? So Why didn't they just move on? The stuff that they added would have been fine as a spinoff on its own. Like right. the whole, okay, his mom and the politics of the White House, blah, blah, blah. If it's his own separate thing, fine. Right. But the series is Why the Last Man, not York and his family. Right. You know? I mean, yeah, they did – in the comic, they went off on a couple tangents here and there. It was usually one to two pages, maybe three at the most, but it always cut back to York, and it was his story going right. through all of it. They, you know, meeting all the new people and everything like that. They did some things very well in the show, but overall, it wasn't and, impressive. And there were some things, like, the socially were not acknowledged in the year 2000, transgender – or the actual who would take yes. over the country. That was not right. that was not acknowledged in the books. Because, again, that was written in the early 2000s. Right, 2001, I think. Versus this series that came out in 2021. Right. Where that is socially relevant. I understand that. Yes. But the way that it took away from the story is detrimental. Exactly. Yes. That's a very good way to put so. that. It. The stuff they added in general took away from the, oh, because the, it drug the core the, story. it drug the story out. It if, did. Because the comics had an, an A story. That's yeah. That's it. The it maybe a B every once in a while. They had a couple B stories, but it wasn't. Every once in a while. They would like cut to it, 
and then it would finalize with Yorick right. or something like that. Versus the show had A, B, C, and a little bit of a D story to it as well. If not further. Because it had Yorick and Agent... 355. 355. That had That's their your story. A story. Had his 355 by herself and some of that was a... I would say a D story. A, a temporary D story. Once she met up with Yorick, she wasn't really we there. We had... York's mom story yep. and York's sister story. Yep. That's four and, main stories. Yeah, you've got four main stories. Plus the political uh the Amazon tribe. The Amazon story. and then there was that uh redheaded lady who um I tied her with the Amazon. Okay, she okay. joined the Amazon. Then the other one was the uh one woman who There's lost this... her kids, which I thought that was a great dynamic to the show. Yeah. I thought that added so much, you know. But they but just it it convoluted everything yeah. so much. When the when you have, let's say, a Batman story, and Batman is only in maybe thirty percent of it, it's not a Batman story anymore. So when Gotham. York, when Why the Last Man only has York in it for about thirty percent of the story, it's not Why the Last Man anymore. Yeah. So it's not. But ampersand though. But ampersand comic or TV show version was awesome because monkey that was a jerk. Monkey that saves the world and is a jerk and is a complete jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to finish off my list with, uh, two of my favorite animals of sorts. I say of sorts because Howard the Duck, the most successful movie franchise in Marvel history. That George Lucas did the movie for. George Lucas did the movie for. That originally was going to have Robin Williams play the voice of. But he said no because he wasn't allowed to improvise, and that's his whole thing was making was punching stuff up, making better. Howard the Duck. What's there to say? I've never seen the movie, and I'm good. It's, I don't. I don't want to. You okay. don't need. I, to. I don't need to. It's not that good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. If you take it seriously, you've got a problem. But it's still, even not taking it seriously, it wasn't that great. Is it a good bad movie? Like, hey, let's make fun oh, of this. Oh, yes. Yes, it's a good bad so movie. So at least it redeems itself from yes. that standpoint. It is a B movie, and I think it's meant to be that way, and I think it's made made to make fun of itself. Okay. So. So it might be worth watching with some friends and some drinks oh, yeah. involved to make it Oh, yeah. If you're, if you're, you know, good, kind of, if you have a good buzz going on, it's a great movie, All probably. Right. <laughs> uh, and the last one on my list is Lockheed, which is Kitty Pride, Catherine Pride, Kate Pride, whichever name she's going by the day. Uh, her pet dragon that sits on her shoulder, oh. Lockheed. Okay. Um, I, I saw your, like, I don't know who I'm, this I'm is. I'm trying to place that one. Um, you find, so he's a little dragon that is like her parrot that sits on her shoulder, which great works, works great now in the Marauders, where she is a group of pirate mutants on a boat and stuff. Like, it just looks great. Um, but he's actually not a dragon. He's an alien. Another very similar to Lockheed, or not Lockheed, uh, to Nibbler from Futurama, where, like, no, he's a sentient being, but, like, yeah, he, he's like, yeah, I'm chilling, I'm, I'm a dragon, and he's super loyal, he tries to save, he saved her several times, he's flying around, he's purple, he's a dragon, he shoots fire out of his breath, it's just cool. So, yeah, that is the last one on my list. Uh, any other ones you can think of that are popping in your head? Um... Nope, I think we covered quite a few of them. There's a couple more here and there, yes, but uh, I thought of a couple while we were talking, and then it's gone. I yeah, have it same here. Like, oh, there's that one, and that one's yep. gone forever. Uh, yeah. So that is our best list that we can think of oh, right now. Oh, oh, um, uh, Saga the um the cat the lion cat lion cat that's lion it. cat. Yep, great. 
And Good Boy, the dog. Yep. Who has a sadder ending. Yep. Lion Cat. But yeah. Okay. Lion Cat's always... Lion Cat is a, is a great one to end it Yep. On. There we go. Okay. Curse Adrian. He won't care. He won't <laughs> like it, but oh well. That's what you get for not being here, Adrian, is we get to pick Saga stuff, even though Saga's not on the table. So, moving on that way, we'll move to our books of the week the Wednesday, March 16th. Stone Cold Steve Austin Day, oh, three sixteen. Yes. Uh, a couple had, days past Pie Day. We had Pie Day. I picked up pie. It's up in the fridge for me and Laura. Sorry, I'm not sharing, but it's pie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah, uh, it's cookies and cream pie. Ooh, from, I wouldn't share that from, either. QP sells it, but GFS has it also. You can buy it cheaper from them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hint, hint. Yeah, I'm just saying. If you want that, then uh, cookies and cream or French silk. GFS has it. There you go. Um, so books that came out on Stone Cold Steve Austin Day, uh, will, which will be yesterday if you're listening to this the day this drops, uh, which if you're listening to this the day it drops, happy St. Patrick's Day, y'all. Yes. Um, so yeah, this week, very light week of books. Yeah. Uh, we were, uh, I was counting them on the shelf today and we have usually like three rows of, for the new releases. One, the top row was all just key back, high valuable back issues. Bottom row, all trades. The middle row, uh, about 10% of it was trades, so not very many single issues. And a couple of those were the same issue with multiple covers. Correct. Yeah, like Carnage on there. It had three covers of Carnage. Yeah. Uh, World's Finest, which is my pick of the week, had two covers. We did have three, but we sold the first two, or we sold the third one or yep. first thing in the morning, but oh well. I got the Jerry Seinfeld cover. There you go. So, so I wasn't a huge so, fan, Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld fan, but I liked that cover, so I'll dive into that then. Yeah. Um, so my pick of the week is Batman Superman World's Finest. And this is the specifically Jerry Seinfeld in the Batmobile getting coffee variant. That is a reference to Jerry Seinfeld's show, Comedians and uh, Cars Getting Coffee, I believe is the name of the series. Because um, why not? And Jerry Seinfeld is a well-known Superman fan. Yes. Uh, so him driving the Batmobile, stealing the Batmobile is great. Uh, but this story, it jumps back and forth. As far as I so as far as I can tell, it is not in any continuity at all. It is its own thing. It's not labeled as a black label, but it doesn't tell us when it takes place. But it takes place in two different times. That's a it goes back and forth between a flashback of younger ish Batman, where we got a young Robin, and then it jumps to an older Robin. So I don't know if they're two different Robins or if it's one my age could. Could be Jason Todd versus Dick Grayson. I mean, the I younger one, I would say, is definitely Dick Grayson, judging by the it's short world, shorts. It's, it's world's finest. It's usually Dick Grayson as Robin. Well, just those short shorts makes me say... Yeah, that looks like Dick Grayson. Looks like Dick Grayson. Um, or is that... It might be Tim, actually, even there. That the, one looks like Tim. So I think it's just between Dick Grayson and Tim Tim Drake being Robin. Yeah, or it could be, still be Dick Grayson. <clears throat> it could be. But either way, um, it's a weird one where it's cool to see the dynamic between a young Bruce and Robin helping or Bat and Robin saving Superman and then jumps to the now where, oh, they need to return the favor and everything like that back and forth. Um, There's a weird villain that is powered by weird stuff. I, I don't know. I'm not familiar with the villain. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with this guy. That's, I haven't read it quite yet. Uh, it's on my... I've got it, but I... Metallo is his name. Oh, Metallo. Yeah, he's uh, powered by a green kryptonite heart, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's fighting in the... And 
in the and now part of the story, I should say. There's the then story and then the and now. Um, where, all right, uh, he does some stuff and then it's up to Batman and Robin to try to calm him down and not destroy everything because he gets supercharged. Mm-hmm. And then we get it happens a, every now and then. Yeah, I mean, every, every <laughs> once in a while. Um, but we do get appearance of, oh, who is it? There's another superhero team that shows up. Um, it's not the Titans. JSA, nope. Outsiders. Uh, it might be the Outsiders. The Black see. Lightning? No. Suicide uh, Squad? Nope, not Suicide Squad. So there's a girl that can turn into a giant. Um, a guy that controls radiation of sorts. Um, Sounds yeah. like Captain Adam. I'm terrible with these names. Sorry, folks. I should have been more prepared for this, but it is what it is. Because uh, they even mentioned, oh, also known that it's these guys. If also you want to know, team. you'll have to pick up the comic and find out. Yeah. <laughs> Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol okay. Shows that's who it is. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. They help. They show up. They help do stuff. And it's interesting. They're, they're, admittedly, there's a lot of characters that I don't know because I don't know the Doom Patrol, obviously, because yeah. I forgot the name of them. And they show up. They do stuff. But it was a good read. It's number one. It's definitely worth checking out. It's easy to check out because we have multiple copies available. The, um, art, the art looks really good in it, too. Yeah. If you're a fan of Batman and or Superman, this is your jam. So go with that. Uh, so that's World's Finest number one. What is your pick of the week, Jared? Oh, Tom Taylor. Big surprise. Big surprise. Nightwing number 90. We're coming off of uh, uh, 89 was a part one of a crossover with uh, Superman, Son of Kal-El. They ended that story. Uh, crossover in number nine of Superman, Son of Kal-El. So we're kind of back to Dick Grayson's story. Blockbuster hires a high, high, high expensive uh, assassin to take Dick Grayson out. Not Nightwing, Dick Grayson. If you remember, Nightwing is using the Alfred Pennyworth Foundation to or uh, get Dick rid Grayson of... Dick Grayson is using... Yeah, the, Dick Grayson is, sorry. Is using, is using it to he, he's end publicly, homelessness and build the community. He's what Bruce Wayne should be doing. Yeah, pretty much. He's like, he's using... He's actually yeah. using money for good. He's out in the front doing stuff. He's like, all right, right. Nightwing can beat up thugs and criminals and whatnot, but Dick Grayson can actually clean up Bloodhaven and right. make it a good city. But uh, they're going to target his whole apartment complex just to kill him now. They don't care about casualties or anything like that. So how does Nightwing get out of it? Um, how What happens from there? I'm not going to give any spoilers. The Flash appears. I'd say, we'll just say the Flash there. I mean, he's yep. on the cover. So it's not a big surprise yeah, that exactly. Flash is in this book. Yep. And the way that they describe the Flash is great. He's like, oh, I, he's doing this at such a rate that I know he's breaking his hands. Yeah. But... He heals. Luckily, he heals fast yeah, as well. Like, but yes, he's they breaking break. his fingers just uh, repeatedly. Ma- yeah, like, because he thinks something's gone horribly yeah. wrong. So this was a great read. Nightwing has been phenomenal these past few months. You mean since Tom since Tom Taylor, Taylor took over? Yeah, it has been top notch comic reading. Yeah. Uh, so big surprise. Tom Taylor does it again this week. Yep, and uh, I think uh, just kind of jumping back. Um, I think it's Mark Wade that's doing. Yeah, Mark Wade's doing uh, World's Finest. So that's you've got some experienced writer doing that series as well. So. so there you go. Both of our picks this week are DC titles. Yep. They they, they did a good job this week. Yeah. So good on you guys. 
so with that, we'll move on to the book club section of the podcast. Um, uh, before the before we jump into that, uh, what's our next week's book? So next week, so th- this week we're talking about Moon Knight, the Midnight Mission, which is Moon Knight Volume One of the current series. Uh, next week, if you don't want to hear spoilers about this and you want to just get ready for next week, is a slightly older one. Uh, but we have the trailer just released this week. So it is Ms. Marvel, No Normal. It contains, I believe, issues one through five of the first run of Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel. Back in 14, 2014, 12, I believe is what it was. I like think that. I saw 2014. It's okay. at least when the trade was published. Okay. So so it's, it's you know, going on eight, ten years. Yeah. It, but, it's been out for a while. But yeah, it, with the trailer dropping today, it and, looked fun. And you have little to no uh, right. experience reading her. Right. So. The only experience I have with Miss Marvel was, or Kamala Khan was uh, in the Avengers video game, which I thought she was portrayed very well in that. Um, I'm excited to read that one. Yeah. So if you saw the trailer for the upcoming Ms. Marvel series, like, hey, that looks cool. I want to get into that. Hey, you should read this book along with us. So, yeah, again, next week, Ms. Marvel no normal is the subtitle. Um, if you can't find that and you see other Ms. Marvels that we have in the store, that's probably because they've collected it in bigger editions. But we've discussed off air that, you know, reading 12 issues in one night is not as easy as reading six issues. No, and discussing volume. something that's 12 issues it's a lot is a about. lot more than five to six yeah. issues. So that's why we're – so if you can't – if you can't find that specific one because it doesn't uh, – all we have is the bigger volumes, that's okay. Yeah, go bigger, and it's probably the same price as the original one of the six were anyway. So you're doing a better deal getting that bigger volume mm-hmm. anyway. Yep. So yeah, again, next week, Ms. Marvel, no normal. This week, slash right now, Moon Knight, the Midnight Mission. Uh, Jared, how much Moon Knight have you ever read? I've only read Moon Knight when he's teamed up in an event book or teamed up with like the Avengers or. Uh, any of the other groups. But as Moon Knight so, by himself? I've never read any. Never read a Moon Knight book. And I would say, I'm probably the same route. I've never really, I mean, he seemed like a cool character. Yeah. He's a all-white version of Batman. But bat crap crazy. Yeah, like pun, I said, like, like I said, all-white all version of Batman. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what, I don't know much about him other than like there's... Um, Almost like a schizophrenia or a he multiple has, personalities. He has DID, There's, which is yeah. dissociative disorder of split person, right. multiple personalities. In a lot of the team-up books, they never really portray that. So it's I've never really read that before in him. Um, I was expecting it more in this. But I'm glad but that they didn't. I'm glad they didn't because it was – being a first-time reader of Moon Knight – this was easy to follow. It's not like, oh, now I'm Joe. Now I'm Matt. Or, you know, now I'm Leatherface or whatever. You know, well, it was easier to follow. And I love the way this first issue basically says, hey, new reader that I've never read in yes. Night. This is what's going on. He died. He was resurrected. He has different personalities. And the way they do it, him having a court or an Avengers assigned therapist. Like, yes. as like, oh, tell me your story, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's great introductory for, like, I don't know what's going on. We'll use this therapist as the narrative device to explain to you what he's about. Yeah, I loved it. I loved just uh, some of the best stuff in this whole book was him sitting with there with the therapist. And to be clear, it's him as Mr. Knight. Yeah, so he's keeping his secret identity and everything. So he's got a mask and he's like basically wearing an all white suit with a white uh, mask and everything. Like, and there is no difference between the Moon Knight personality and the Mr. Knight. It's just 
It's his yeah. formal wear versus exactly. his crime fighting wear. And being his formal wear, he's wearing suit and tie and stuff. It's Mr. Knight. And he <laughs> that has, always cracked me he up. He has this uh, organization called the Midnight Mission. Yeah. Um, and they do a great job explaining it. No, no. Okay. So, uh, yes, I'm, you know, the fist of the moon god, Khonshu. Like, sure, fine, whatever. But also have this... I'm making it a church-ish, but not really. I'm I'm here to be a good guy with my yes. neighborhood. I'm protecting my territory, my territory, my people. Yeah, we're gonna take care of them. His quote is um, to become the traveler, the embracer, the pathfinder, the defender of those who travel at night. And, so I thought that was very, very good. And I don't know if he means which. This is still my inexperience with him, and what I'm also kind of putting in my own mind. As an expectation, when he talks about those who travel at night, is it just people out at night, or is it like the vampire community or I the believe, the monster? I take at it night? as people in need that need to travel under the cover of darkness because it's too dangerous to travel in the and daytime. That's kind of the way is I the way took I'm it as well. It. Yes. So that was when I first read that. I'm like, okay, are we dealing with vampires? Because I mean, yes, it had already been introduced. Yes. You they, know? So they start with a vampire, a van full of vampires. Yeah. That have a a pyramid scheme going on. Yeah. They like, hey, I'm <laughs> I'm kidnapping random people. Hey, congratulations, you're all vampires now. Good luck with that. Um, but if you wanted to not be a little peon, you have to go recruit vampires yourself. Yeah. And then we'll just keep building off of that. And. The, he crashes their van. And I love how, <laughs> yes, he kills the lead vampires in the car. Like, obviously, those are bad guys. Then the rest bust out like, hey, I mean, before you kill us, yes, we're vampires. But we didn't choose this. Like, yeah. we just got forced into this. We're from the neighborhood, blah, blah, blah. And he immediately drops the stakes and is like, okay, cool. Yep, he let actually, me help you. He actually hires one of them that was doing a lot of speaking. Like, all right, well, you're my receptionist now because I work at night. You can't yeah. go out in the day because you're a vampire. So this works yeah. out pretty well. Um, and that's a pretty good dynamic throughout the comic to them too. Go get, hey, can I have a coffee? Go get your own coffee. Yeah. And, oh, you got me a coffee. Well, that's because I forgot I can't drink it because and I'm a vampire. Like all the little pieces they put in, like one of the first things I saw on the receptionist's desk when she's working was a Spider-Man coffee mug. Yeah, that's pretty it's like, cool. Spider-Man's always kind of fought vampires with Morbius and this and that, you know. Well, and, so I thought that was a good little thing to throw in there. I mean, the same issue, Moon Knight fight, is fighting Spider-Man's villain, Vermin. Oh, yeah. So yep. he's like, he even says, I know who you are, Vermin, one of Spider-Man's foes. Some mad science guinea pig, used to be a man, hates being alone. You can now, now you can clone yourself. Good trick, means you're never alone. Like, he, and then he's like, unless I kill you, which I can and will, I'm not Spider-Man. I'm not Spider-Man. <laughs> right. And <laughs> it's it just, it's really cool. Like... So Laura, if you're listening to this because you're not here, Spider-Man is referenced in here. He's not actually in it directly, but he's referenced a lot. Yep. I think Laura would like this too. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Um, but yeah, we see later on where the secretary is drinking a blood bank, blood package. Like, as like a, that's her coffee because that's, yeah. that's her life source. She yep. can't do that. Um, and I like the art in one of these, like this this panel here. Um, he's like gliding through the city like Batman does right. with his cape sprawled out, but it's so, whoops, I hit a page. I, I saw it. You saw Okay. Yep. Um, he's, uh, got his cape spread out and it's like a half moon. So it's very, very cool artwork. Well, in, in the past he has said, the reason he's like, yeah, some people lurk to shadows. So they don't get seen. No, no. I want people to see me. Mm -hmm. I want them to know that I'm here. This yep. is my area. Like I want you to fear me. And yeah. You can be dark and broody, mysterious and fearful of that, but what is more terrifying than, hey, look at me. 
I'm going to beat you up. Yep. And he like, all right, he's he's not ashamed or scared of that. And he goes into full on like destroy murder mode. I mean, one of the panels, he has a chainsaw destroying zombies. I mean, it's just ridiculous yeah. on his montage. At one point, he has an arm wrestling fight with someone at a biker bar. Like, it's ridiculous, but it's fun. Yep, and it always goes back to the therapist, too. Right. I loved that. And they get, kept that consistent, you know, through all of his adventures and everything. End of And the end of issue one, we see a new character appear. A new fist of Khonshu, which is the ghost, which is your... The Hunter's Moon, which is teased here, and we don't see him really back until the end of the series, until the end of this volume. Um, I liked his interactions with the. I'm kind. Of, I might be. I don't know how far I'm jumping here, but uh, where he gets with the doctor that's on the street, where he's being mugged by what is eight ball. <laughs> the doctor had him on the ground, pinning him. And Moon's like, okay, I guess you don't need help. You know, he's like, here's a pair of handcuffs. Right. <laughs> Loved that. Well, and I love the line too. And uh, Moon Knight's like, "Well, I'm the Fist of Kanchu. and Hunter's Moon is like, "Um, so like, yeah. and I'm a fist also." Uh, they use the line later on, like, "Yeah, you know, normal humans they have two fists. We think a god would only have one fist. Of course, <laughs> they'd have at least two. Like, duh. Like, oh, that's that's a fair point. Like, yeah, why would you think you're the one and only?" I mean, sure, you haven't heard of anybody else, but whatever. Uh, but the story, the overall story of this, though, with the mind control of the society and then how it really shows the split personalities of how he is controlling the different personalities. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one guy that's taking over this whole city, and he's like, okay, well, you control all these old people because you diluted, they have to touch your sweat. Mm-hmm. You've diluted the water supply. Here, how about we do one-on-one your mind control abilities against me? And I like direct contact and the mind control guy's like, yeah, sure, no problem. And the the problem is when someone is as experienced with multiple personalities as he is, he knows how to shut off multiple personalities. Mm-hmm. And the show the way it shows him wrapping them up and like putting them in a coffin in his pocket, getting ready to be labeled of all right, well, we have Harvey Specter is out in the loose. We have Grant and Lockley that could be that are locked up right now that could be on the loose any moment. And they talk about that with the therapist. Like, uh-huh. oh yeah, these are other personalities, but I haven't had any uh multiple the DID out, outbursts lately, so I've been in control for the most part. It's yeah. been fine. And the constant I'm not a good guy. I'm doing this to try to make up for the bad that I did. Like despite all the bad, I'm still trying to be better. But I'm never going to be truly a good guy because that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. Because how much bad I've done, which is really one of the best heroes that says, "Yes, I messed up. However, I'll I'll do all the work I can because there'll never be enough that'll make up for the bad." And he's constantly working for that. Yep. And um, it's just it's cool. Then we got Hunter's Moon in a full yeah. fight with him. Yep. And that was a long fight. That was really good. The art portrayed it very well. Well, and. I, <laughs> The hundreds of moons like, ah, oh, but you don't fight with the the grace of a previous, you know, someone that has been indoctrinated with all the memories and stuff. And he's like, yeah, but what does he say? Cute trick. Caught you downloading dead men's memories into your head. Makes you fight real fancy, but you've never earned it. Not like I did. And like the fighting to him is fighting to stay alive, not fighting just because like, oh, I'm, I'm not entitled to my fighting. Like, no, 
I worked for this and I will do whatever dirty trick that, yeah, it's not graceful, but it gets the job done. Yep. And like, oh, he's, you do not want to mess with him. And yeah, I don't know how far to go into all this other than like, there's the whole conspiracy of who's actually behind everything. Uh, An ex-girlfriend, Tigra shows up and they do their teaming up of things. And I don't know, like. I feel like diving into it won't do the story justice. No. I mean, not I know. On, not on a lot of, there's so much dialogue. We can't dive in. I mean, how many things have we already quoted with this? That's like the first two issues yeah. of the, of the there one through six. There was so much to this. The The tiger stuff was really good too. I, I don't think we can do that justice. And uh, he takes off his mask and talks to her and, you know, uh, she's he, consoling him and he's beat up. Well, and just the whole how he saved the character soldier. Like, oh, yes. yeah, you're ex-Hydra, but like, I'm not going to just go all, all go, I'm not going to go off all half-cocked and like, oh, well, you're you're a Hydra, you need to die. No, he did his due diligence. Like, okay, I met with the family. I saw what's going on. Like, you're... You're not a bad guy. You're a guy that was caught in a bad situation. Right. Like, he's not he's not punishing people just because they're doing something wrong. He punishes evil people. The vampires at the beginning, he saved some of them because they were just stuck in a bad situation. Versus he killed the lead vampires because they were evil vampires. Mm-hmm. So he's willing to separate, okay, you are doing a bad thing versus you are a bad person doing a bad thing. And it's... I like that it has that depth that most comic books, they don't talk about that. Right. Like, oh. Oh, he's Hydra. He's a bad guy. We have to, sure. He died. Oh, well. Versus, yeah. well, why is he Hydra? Right. Like, times are tough. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's, you don't want to work for them, but also what other situation did he have to get out of the, right. what other choice did he have to get out of that situation? Right. It, it humanizes the victims and the criminals, which yeah. are the victims themselves sometimes. Yep. And yep. it does a good job of saying, just because you're a victim doesn't mean you're a bad guy just because you're a bad guy doesn't mean you're a victim also there is the difference between the two like uh sometimes you do bad stuff because you are a bad person plain and simple sometimes you do bad stuff because you don't have any choice in it sometimes sometimes bad things happen to you because you're an idiot and wrong place wrong time yeah like it it has enough layers to it that i it does i really enjoyed this issue yeah or this volume like i mentioned before i when the first when the series first came out, I was like, ah, there's just so much to read. I'll wait. Yeah. I now that's wish in trade. I would have picked it up. Now it's in trade. Man, this and is good. Quite honestly, where it cuts from issue to issue, I don't think this would have been bad read single issue. No, I, I I agree. I mean, I talked to one of our customers today that has been subscribed to this whole series, and he's like, Man, I told you it was really good. I was like, I know you told me it was good, and I trust you. However, look what I have to do every week. I can't do it all at the same time. Yeah. Like, I, sometimes I need to take that break. Yep. So he's like, oh, that's fair. Like, it's the same guy that I busted his chops. I, I told him that he needs to read Superman, Son of Kal-El. Uh-huh. Like, this is phenomenal. It's great. He's like, ah, but it's Superman. But it's Tom Taylor. And he finally agreed that I was right. And I agree that he's right. <laughs> that, that, that this one was good, too. Yeah, this so, is amazing. So, yeah, I subscribe to the trades. They are still doing single issues. Um, just it's kind of hard to get. What are we up to? Uh, like 17, 18? And single issue wise, I don't think yeah. it's that high even. I'm not sure. Not even there yet? I okay. So, so uh, I know this is actually a series. When we picked this book, I didn't realize it was this new. Yeah. This, this the trade, trade actually came out, came out in February, a month it, ago. It was either February or January. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So, so like, it's probably only on issue eight or nine right now, even in singles. Yeah. Like, it's not even much farther out of this. Yep. But it's really good. Um, I know we read it. We picked Moon Knight because of the series that's dropping soon on Disney Plus. And if the series is anything like this book, 
I'm all in. To the yes, series. agreed. I mean, the trailers. After reading this, think of the trailers. There's a lot of overlap there. There that, is. There really is. Like, yes, there's the Mister Knight personality, which is a relatively new version of Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. However, if they do like, hey, we know your past. This is what it is, and just they do the the therapist route of like, hey, here's how we're introducing you. Then oh, sweet, I'm in. That's yeah, amazing. I think that's going to be don't, great. Don't waste my time with his origin story. Yeah. Don't do that. Please, yep. please don't do just, that. You, this book so worked so well. It wasn't even – there's no origin story. It just jumps in with the therapist. I loved it. it. I hope they do in the show his origins the same way they did the Hulk with Ed Norton. Like flashes. Or like, then him just explaining it. Right. We don't need a full on, all right, let's live through this mm-hmm. and it's this and that. No. Let's get it fast. Let's let, – the origins is important. Yep. But also skip over it. Let's get to the real meat of the story. Right. If they do an origin, keep it 15 to 20 minutes in the first episode and the rest of the series is the is the gut and right. the guts of so it. So like this, I loved it. It is a great jumping on point. It is. If you are in, even re- somewhat remotely tangentially interested in the show – you must read this. I agree. I so, was so happy. I'm probably going to start pulling the trades also with this. It was good. So I have a feeling of what your opinion is going to be. On a scale of one to five, one being awful, five being amazing, I'll go first. I'm saying it's a five out of five, folks. Same here. Like It, it is It is up there with Tom Taylor books. It is. It is. I don't – who wrote this? Uh, McKay is on the front. I don't know the full name. Uh, Jed McKay is the writer. Jed McKay. Artist by Alessandro Cappuccino. Color artist by Rachel Rosenberg, because artists are important too. A and, plus team. And the, the, and yeah, I do want to say the art on it is very good too. Yes, I, I, it is. I thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah. The art really helped the dialogue flow, I think. The dialogue and the art complemented each other very well. Uh, one thing I do want to say, uh, Hunter's Moon in full costume. Ghostmaker and Batman. I thought the same thing. <laughs> yes. They are very similar. Very similar. I mean, Moon Knight and Ghostmaker are similar in itself too. Yeah. But uh, definitely the Hunter's Moon on this, like, oh man, that looks that looks like Moon Knight meets Azrael is actually yeah. what I got out of it. Yeah. With the, with the gold gauntlets and everything. So, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Moon Knight, the Midnight Mission, phenomenal. I, I, I'm excited to read more of this. Same here. And I, I, I bought the... I bought the trade. I'm I've subscribed to the trade, so we'll get more when they come out in another six months. I'm excited. Yeah. For it. So with that, the part that Jared always forgets about. I'm on it this and week. That is the hero of the week. And I will even go first. Okay. Why don't you go first? Jared, who is your hero of the week, comic book world or otherwise? Lois Lane. Um, in the Superman Son of Kal-El issue from last week, number nine, the final issue of the crossover. Um she cracked me up with this because, you know, she's Superman's mom and Dick Grayson's in there with her and they're talking and he Dick Grayson offers her a job. But then he goes to talk to John Jonathan Kent in his room and someone kind of leaps through the wall and, you know, is so a friend of Jonathan startles, Kent, but startles Dick Grayson. He doesn't, he doesn't and the next this. thing you know, she's coming in with some gigantic laser gun she ready is, to destroy everybody that's messing with her son. And she kicked down the door. Like, yeah, it she wasn't kicked like, it open. She didn't just she swing like, it open like, no, yeah, she full on. Yelling what's happening, you know, I I loved it. It's like Lois Lane, that's... That's Mother's Instinct yeah, right there. yep. She jumped, comes in, and she came in with a giant gun, you know? <laughs> you heard screaming, coming with guns blazing. There we go. 
All right, so I will go next with my hero of the week, and that is going to be of Mythbusters fame, Adam Savage. Um, I was watching some YouTube shows the other day because uh, on my Facebook feed it had he every once in a while he does on his YouTube series Ask Adam Savage question. One of the questions was, uh, now that Mythbusters is over, is failure still always an option? And he describes like, oh well, not really because it depends on depends on what the gig is, like and how much degree of failure. Uh, anyway. I watched all that, and then I watched another video of his about measurements, specifically like tools that measure different things, and how I loved how he broke down how everything gets measured, how there is no real measurement. Like he's like, okay, for example, this book, let's say the page we I measure it eight and a half by eleven. You would agree with that? I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, normal size of a piece of paper. However, it's not really eight and a half by eleven. We agree that it is, but it's not because you have to depending on what tool you're measuring with there's measuring on the line inside the line outside the line how close in that line is that exact number and he broke down to the micro 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 scale of everything on how everything is not really an exact it's a comparison to each other and how there's these tools i'll i'll put the video in the link here in the description um where there are these tools that are so specifically calibrated to like a what do they say a one thousandth of a millimeter i think is what they are certified within like of, of being an accurate like okay if we're saying this is a half inch within one hundredth of a thousandth of a millimeter accuracy of a half inch size device which normally in everyday life it doesn't matter but if you think on the the oh mechanical scale if you're building an engine it, uh, someone that's dealing with engines, they know if there's a difference of an eighth of an inch, that's a big that's difference. That's a big deal, yeah. Especially within the the cylinders. Oh, that can make a yeah. huge problem. Yep. Versus, well, an eighth of an inch, if I'm cutting a piece of paper, doesn't really matter. And just the scale is crazy. And these tools that he has that are like certified, like super specific, are, with it, are so tiny. I don't know the measurements. I don't do it justice. However... Uh, the way they measure things, like if they want to do like three quarters of an inch, they have a half inch and a quarter inch. So they do three three quarters. You need both those together. Yep. But you have to make sure it's clear of debris and dust and even like one droplet of oil. And the way to get it is a technique technique he calls ringing. What you do is you take the two pieces, you have them perpendicular to each other under pressure. You push them together then you twist until they're per- perfectly flush. And when you let go, they're, one is hanging on each other. By surface tension alone, huh. which is phenomenal. It's like, That's no, pretty cool. It's like it's just a surface tension of that little droplet of oil, and like he's like, there are people that still argue how much of a gap there actually is between everything, but it's so tiny of a gap that the surface tension of it just holds it together. And to take it apart, you have to twist the opposite direction and pull apart. You don't just pull apart because that could fracture it and make it not as flat as it should be. Huh. And he has. And he's like, I have two sets. I have this super expensive one that they sent me for free because I talked about it in one previous show, which I hardly ever use because it's super expensive. Then he's like, there's this cheaper one that's like 200 bucks that's steel-based. And he's like, well, that one I use more often because with steel, it is so determined by temperature of what the length and everything is. Uh-huh. Um, he's talking about the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, in the middle of the day uh, versus the middle of the night, middle of the day, it, the ropes, the steel cables are 16 feet longer than they are at night because of the expansion of heat. So he said like these other metal ones he has, 
he uses those because that's the ambient temperature that he's working in. That's easier to measure. He's usually working with metal. So that's a better, he has to do less math to do a conversion of what it'll actually be when it's in its quote real oh, use. Man. Like it was mind boggling. Like, holy crap. Is this like super nerdy, but it blew my mind. Like I love this. And he, the excitement that he had while talking about it and stuff like it went, it worked through the camera and I was excited for it. I was like, I have no need for this in in my life. But that's just really cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely share that link in the yeah. I'll, post it I'll put it in, on the link here. I'll, I'll send it to you also, just because yeah, it's a that, really it's a long video. It's like forty five minutes long. But that sounds but, really cool. And there are some parts that are more slow than others. But the, the two parts was Golden Gate Bridge, Mill a Day. Those steel cables are sixteen feet longer than they are. That at is night. insane. I never even thought about anything because like the that. heat. Just yeah, the heat, because whatever. But like, it expands between that and then the whole are these two pieces that are together by surface tension alone. That is crazy too. Like they are solid. Like they're blocks of marble. Basically, is what they are. So you wouldn't think, oh, some next to each other, they'll be, no, they one will slide off and fall. No, and because you have to put it in perpendicular and you have to squeeze and rotate and then get it flush. You can't just like smash it into each other because that could damage it. But it's the process of ringing is what he calls it, is what makes them hold together. Really cool. I, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, that's pretty it's, neat. It's awesome. So that's why Adam Savage, he is my hero because that just is cool. And I got to see him in person when we went to San Diego Comic-Con. So I, got to, I didn't get to talk to him personally, but I got to see him in real life. So he with, does exist. He does exist. Uh, so with that... <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you for sharing. We thought this was going to be a short episode. No, I was going to say, this one went long, it didn't went long, it? Yeah. But that's okay. That's, that's fine. Okay. We that's, had a lot to talk about. We had a lot to talk about. And I geeked out there at the end. So that's okay. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, thanks for sharing. Thanks for listening. We uh, Review us if you can, depending on whatever service you're listening to. Or if you're listening on Facebook, give us a thumbs up. I know a couple people do. So I don't know if they're just liking it because we posted it or they actually listen to it on Facebook. I don't know, but they're liking it, so I'll take it. It's helping us. Yeah. Uh, so, again, next week we'll be back. Uh, Laura will be here, barring any complications with her work schedule. Uh, and we'll be talking about uh, Ms. Marvel next week. Ms. Marvel, no normal. So, until then, we'll see you next time. She's staying like, all right, are you, you going to pet me or yep. fight or what's going she on She was here? staring at you for a little bit, then she turned to me and it looked like she was glaring.